0: Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith, Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Um, I want to talk to you this morning about the really what Lily and Sakura brought to us uh, on the video earlier. It's that uh, scripture or one of the scriptures that they read. So I'm just going to read it again because I think this is so important, especially uh, this Christmas 2020, which is probably going to be for a lot of people like. Not another Christmas that they've ever had before. Probably, ironically, will be one we remember uh, for all of our lives, ironically. So let's take the good that we can from it, shall we? But here's that verse. You are the light of the world. This is Jesus speaking to us right now. He's speaking it over his disciples, but he's speaking it over his disciples, the people gathered for all time. Okay, all those who are his followers. Jesus turns to them and says, you are the light of the world. He doesn't say you will be. He doesn't say you might be. He doesn't say if you follow me for long enough. He just speaks over them. You are the light of the world. So just get that bit of encouragement right there at the beginning. You are the light of the world. Okay? You've not got to get some qualification. You've not got to get a a, a degree in theology to be the light of the world. Jesus has qualified you, whoever you are, whatever circumstances you're in. Even if you think you're doing a bad job or a good job, it is irrelevant. Jesus says you are the light of the world. And I just want to explore a little bit of that this morning because sometimes you can hear this and you can feel almost daunted. You know, oh my goodness, the responsibility, how does that mean? What have I got to do? And I'm just hoping as I read the word to you this morning and as I speak What I pray by the grace of God is a message to you from God himself. There will be something that rises up in you that's called encouragement. Encourage ourselves in God to be focused on Jesus so that he is who we are living for in all the circumstances that we go through. Okay? So you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. So there is the individual light, and then there is that light that we are together. And and that is in our house churches when we are together. That is when we're in our friendship groups. That is when we're here at the summit. It it cannot be hidden. It cannot be. If you light a candle in a dark room, you cannot not see that candle other than by putting the bucket over it. And, And Jesus kind of addresses that. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. It's just nonsense. You don't do it. What's the point of lighting the lamp? No, instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. And what Jesus has done with us is put us on that stand. We are light. You might feel like a flickering candle or maybe you feel like a lighthouse. Actually, it's the light of Christ in you and there's nothing that can put that out. It isn't a flickering candle. It's an incredibly powerful light and it's not to do with you. It's to do with what Jesus has done for you and now enabled you to be in him. It's called grace and he gives us his grace because of this wonderful mercy. And so Jesus says, in the same way, in the same way that the city is on a hill, in the same way that this light gives light to everybody in the house, let your light, shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So let's unpack this a little bit further just so we can be encouraged as we run up into Christmas, but also as we go into 2021. Because church, there's great days ahead. We are going to get through this. We will be through this. I mean, if you look back at some of the words spoken in 2019, God spoke to us. You'll, if you made notes, you'll find it in your notes. God said it will be unprecedented times next year. You, will, you are going into an unprecedented time. You will be doing things in ways you've never done before. Oh, wow. We didn't quite expect it to be answered the way it, he was warning us all along. There's going to come this time. And just as he's warned us, he's preparing us for what's ahead. And it's like, some, it, this is the most difficult time of preparation. I was looking at the stats for the, for, 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 for nationally, and normally it's quite a small amount of the, of, the, of the population is said to be suffering some form of depression, something like 8%. I can't quite remember that figure. But at the moment, it's one in three adults are said to be suffering from some form of depression, Okay, and a, a, a surprisingly large number of children as well. Wow, what a thing for us all to be walking through together. And it's no good saying, oh, we're in the church, we got Jesus, we'll be fine. No, circumstances are supposed to be under our feet, but so often we can allow them to come upon us. What I pray is we read the word of God today and just share some of the scripture. It will enable that gloom to sort of dissipate off you if you're actually personally in that situation. But all of us are there in some way. And all of us this morning, let's look to the light of the world. Because if we're going to unpack what it means to be, you are the light of the world. Jesus is saying to us, let's also remember he said this. And this is... Uh, From John 8, chapter verse 12. I am the light of the world. Now, Jesus is talking about himself now. So if he then calls us also the light of the world, if we look at Jesus, we can explore what it means. I am the light of the world, says Jesus. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I pray... Right now, wherever you are watching, in this nation and other nations of people that watch us on YouTube, I pray that the light of Christ, the light of that Christmas child, shines right into your room, your place, wherever you are right now. That there's something supernatural takes place in you that's completely God. Not my clever words or unclever words, but actually the light of Christ shining in your room right now, in you, just empowering you and reminding you, you are the light of the world even as Jesus called himself as the light of the world. So what can we say about Jesus saying this? Well, Christmas time is a time when you really remember that God came as fully human. I mean, he came and was a baby 2,000 years ago. Not the best time to be born. You know, not the most sanitary conditions. No uh, fantastic hospitals to help out if there's problems. And he hasn't even got a home when he's born, you know, or a proper place. He ends up being laid in, in a manger, an animal's feeding trough. And Joseph and Mary are not even at home. They're stuck in Bethlehem because of this census. They're not where they want to be. <laughs> uh, they're not where they want to be, but they've got this baby. And how, more remind, how big a reminder can we get that Jesus, when he came, came as a human being? He came as fully and utterly and completely human. It's not like a children's storybook. You you know the kind of story I mean. It's something like where there's this king living, or usually a prince probably, this very rich prince dressed in all his finery, living in a beautiful castle. But he's falling in love with a peasant girl who lives in the village. And so to go and find the peasant girl, he puts on a disguise. So he looks like a peasant and goes down to the village to find the woman he loves. That is not the story of Jesus. He didn't put on a disguise. He didn't have hidden there all the richness of a, of a, of a royal position. He, in, in that sense, I mean, he was still king, but he was fully and completely human. He knows what it's like to be you. He knows what it's like to be human. This is where it says in the Scriptures, he understands our weaknesses. He's not this finger-pointing God, you shouldn't be doing that. And you think, oh, he doesn't understand what it's like. God completely understands what it's like. This is why... He's not disappointed with us when, when we, when, if we do fail. He's never, dis, he's, never, he's never disillusioned with us because he has no illusions about us. His love for us is so amazingly pure, so amazingly wonderful. And nothing we do, nothing we say, nothing we go through is going to shake that love off. Because he loved you so much. He loved me so much that he was prepared to give up everything he had in heaven and come and live as one of us. Here on this earth and walk around here on this earth. Not God in disguise, but fully human. It's, an, it's part of the mystery of God, but God took on everything of being fully human. Let's look at this scripture. This is from Philippians chapter 2. He made himself nothing. Just think about that for a minute. This is God, the Creator, the Word. The magnificent, the one that everybody, all the beings in heaven bow down and worship because of the, the glory. He was willing to make himself nothing. He wasn't overcome with the leadership position. He wasn't overcome with the power of it all. He could give it all up and just come and be born and walk and live on this planet as a human being. He was willing to come and need a human mother To care for him as a baby. You know? Think how Mary cleaned that baby. And yet, this was God in human form. He allowed himself to experience that. He didn't need to, in one sense. He was God. He didn't come when it was time to come to earth. Although he will come back in a different way. But when he came, he didn't come in all this glory with all the angels. He came to show us that he fully understood every single person. He never gives up on us because he, he, he understands so well. There's no one else in all of existence that understands exactly who we are and what we go through. And even when our motives are bad or we, are, we do act out of selfishness or just plain meanness because it happens, it's not like God says, oh, I've had enough of this. It's like he's still there because he understands why all that happened. He's so completely and utterly on our side. This is the the Christmas gift. Complete understanding of you. And not a God who is remote and distant, but one who walks alongside you and knows exactly who you are and exactly what you're going through, exactly what you need and exactly what you don't need. He's so completely and utterly for you. It's the perfect gift. It's not one you're going to unwrap from under the Christmas tree on, sun, on Christmas Day morning. But this is one you unwrap when you say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. And at that point, in all your inadequateness, in all your lack of understanding of what it is to, to be Jesus, you receive the gift of Jesus Christ coming to live in you. It's what we call repentance. It, it literally means to change your mind about your understanding of who God is and who you are. It says, I'm not going to go just my own way anymore. I want to go God's way. Yes, Jesus, I follow you. And at that point, it's all the Christmas days ever wrapped together because you receive that gift of Jesus Christ by his spirit coming to live in you. And it changes your life and the Holy Spirit empowers you and you become the light of the world at that moment. Not when you've got better at it, but at that moment. You are the light of the world. You're one of God's people in this world that shines the gospel of Jesus. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, completely and utterly human. He, knew, he knows what it is that makes us human. He knows what it's like to go through doubt yeah, he does. Look at the garden of Gethsemane just before his crucifixion where he's sweating. And he's under such stress that it says he, that even, he even sweats blood. So extreme is the stress. So high is his blood pressure that he sweats blood. And he nearly gives up in his humanity everything that he's come for. But then, but then in the last minute he says, no, Father, your will, not mine. How revealing that at that moment it was not what he wanted to do. How many things do we sometimes end up where we know, I don't want to do that. But we'd still know that actually this is, though, what God has asked me to do. We'll know that God will give you the strength and the power to enable you to go through it. But sometimes it's not just an easy thing. Jesus had, been, had grown and matured to the point where he could take that. So God won't let you go through anything you can't cope with. That's why he works in you and grows you and matures you. So you can take on things that you couldn't have taken on a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. But you can know that you will and you are capable of going through it because nothing happens that you can't go through. Go through. Even if it's really terrible. Even if it's something that we wouldn't want anyone to ever go through. Know that you can. You can go through. The light of the world shines in you. Sometimes when we go through these times, the light seems to shine even brighter. Maybe it's because we depend on God even more. And God equips us and matures us in that way. It goes on to say in that same chapter in Philippians, chapter 2, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, just as we've been talking about. But the death on the cross was the lowest of the low. This wasn't a heroic death. In one sense, this was the lowest of the low. It was it was the lowest criminals, the worst criminals that were hung on a cross. Were hung on a, and, and, and that was sort of the Roman rules, and and even and in Jewish terms, it, you were cursed if you were hanging hanging on a tree. It was the lowest of the low. But Jesus was willing to do that because that's what enables us now to receive the ultimate Christmas gift of Jesus. I mean, we call this the incarnation. That's the, the religious word, if you like. That Jesus on this earth is the incarnation of God. It is everything of God that you can see in human form. If anybody ever asks you, you know, what is God like? Jesus, exactly like Jesus. He even said to his disciples, you know, um, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's a pretty strong statement he knows exactly what it's like to be human. This is from Hebrews. In the days of his flesh, in other words, when he was a human being, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. Have you ever thought how odd that is in some ways? Because here's Jesus, fully God, fully human. And in his prayer, he's in such a passionate place of prayer that he's there's loud cries, he's, he's got tears, and he's, it's, supplication means to ask earnestly with passion. That's what supplication it means, to ask earnestly with passion. Here is Jesus, passionate in prayer, passionately praying. He knows what it's like to be tearful. He knows what it's like to be crying out in um, excitement or agony or desperation to God. He knows these emotions that you sometimes when you pray and you feel like, oh, he knows that. And he knows, and he's with you when you're like that. And he'll bring you through that. And what's more is because you go through that and when you go through that, you'll come out and the light will be even stronger because you will stand out. And then the beautiful thing is, of course, that it's not just about us and God, but it's about us and God. Then we come together. And we are together, whether we're in one building or not. And we shine even brighter at the collection of the light of the world. That is the city on a hill that everybody can see. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Jesus suffered. He didn't just suffer on the cross. He suffered rejection. He suffered uh, attitudes of people against him. He suffered the fact that so many people really didn't understand his motivation and, and you know, would say cruel and horrible things about him. So he's been through it as well, you know. Not, not even just the cross, although that was, of course, the complete... You can't go through more than what he went through on the cross, not just because of the physical pain, but because of the spiritual situation he was in when he took all of the sin of the world on himself so that that price was paid, that we could be fully redeemed, that we can be the light of the world walking with our God. Jesus isn't just for Christmas. He's for every day, every hour, every minute of our lives. This incarnation, which is the coming of Jesus, it really shows the love of God, that he's willing to give all that up and come as a servant that's why he washed his disciples' feet. It was a, a powerful picture to show God's attitude. God wants to... I mean, this doesn't fit pictures of gods, really, does it? But God wants to serve. Isn't that incredible? God wants to serve you. Because <laughs> that's the way he'll enable you. And his love, this incarnate love, is when divine love came and walked on this planet, this love... Is so great. It's from the strongest and the most powerful, the greatest, if you like, to the smallest. To those who seem like they're inconsequential. And I say seem like because no one is inconsequential to God. To those that are perhaps suffering in a quiet corner. It's from the extremes that Jesus came. I mean, we see it in all all the Christmas story. It's why it's so important to see the wise men, the rich and powerful coming and kneeling before God. They were amongst the most well-educated people in the world at that time. And what do the wise do? They come and bow to the light of the world. But at the same time, or around the same time, Another group of people come, the shepherds. In fact, they're before the kings. And they come and bow at Jesus as well. But the shepherds, they were of the lowest in the eyes of that society. They were, the worst, were amongst the worst paid. They were regarded as oh, the shepherds on the hill, the shepherds that live around Bethlehem. They were the guys that looked after the lambs that were slaughtered at the temple. It's interesting, isn't it, that those shepherds looking after the lambs were the shepherds that came to worship the Lamb of God, who would be the final sacrifice ever required. The animals and things that happened in the temple just pointed the way to what was to come. It's why we call Jesus the Lamb of God, because he was that final sacrifice. But he came for the shepherds who would have been, very poorly educated and perhaps lacking a lot of understanding, but they too knew the place to be was to kneel to the light of the world, the Christ child, in that manger. This willingness that Jesus shows means you can be absolutely and completely sure that his love is for you, for us, for me. That's, he's always got our back. And he's coming back. <laughs> that is our hope. He's not left us here to get on with it. He is coming back. One final thing, and I'm just wrapping up in this. I think that's also important, and I've, I've mentioned it, alluded to it, if you like. For Something to be real, it really has to have place. And Jesus is completely real. He's not some philosophy. He's not an abstract idea. Following Jesus is about relationship. It's not some legalistic religion. He is the light to be seen by all, not some kind of secret knowledge to be keep hidden in darkness. Whenever we're hiding things in darkness, we're in danger of wandering away from Jesus because he is the light. And the truth shines into all these dark corners to bring freedom and to bring healing and to bring reconciliation and in jesus that divine love of god incarnated but he incarnated that's the same word as incarnation in place this is not some mystical transcendental vision Ooh, vision this is real jesus divine love was born in bethlehem he came born in bethlehem how vulnerable was that he escaped his murderers, by going to Egypt, another place. And when it was uh, at the right time, he came back and with his parents, he lived and grew up in Nazareth, a place. You can still go to that area. He, his ministry was in real towns and villages. You can go to Capernaum. You can go and stand by Lake Galilee, the, the very lake he walked upon. If you get a boat ride, you can walk on the lake while you're in a boat. It's fun. You know, he's real and he came to a place. His ministry and, his, and then his final days, of course, were in Jerusalem. It's a place. It's still in our news all the time. That tiny, that tiny city there in the Middle East. Even Israel, it's a tiny, tiny nation. Why is it in the news so much? Because it's where Jesus died and was resurrected. It is the place of the light of the world. And Jesus met with real people in real places. What is God like? Look to Jesus. And that's why Jesus today is still incarnate. He is still present, but he's present in all those who follow him. That's why we're the light of the world. Because Jesus is the light of the world, but Jesus by his spirit lives in us. So, and that's why God calls us to real places. You know, there's many of us watching today who've been called to Scarborough or to the borough of Scarborough or to one of the towns and villages that surround this or to North Yorkshire or to our nation. But even when we, we know that the call is to a nation or the nations, we live in a certain place because like Jesus, the reality of who God is is is, is made real in a place. That's why we're, when we're the light of the world, this is not some abstract idea. This is, we're light in our streets, in our homes, even when it's difficult to meet. I mean, one of the amazing things of this year that I hear again and again is neighbours are now talking to one another. What a marvellous opportunity to be the light with people around us. You are the light of Christ and he has called you to the place where you are. He places us in an area. He places us with a group of people and says you alone are the light of the world. You together are the light of the world. We are the fruit of everything that Jesus did. Today, we are his fruit that brings glory to him by living as Jesus lived. How did Jesus live? We looked at it briefly. He lived as a servant. He lived for God. He lived as a human being. If you want to be the light of the world, be human. Just be human. Be who God made you to be. Don't try and be something else. Don't strive for something that's not you. God may call you to some things you think you're not, but that's a different matter. This is when people try to be something they're not. Be happy in your skin. Be happy in the body that God gave you, and be happy knowing that the light of God is shining out of that body. Sometimes we don't talk about bodies. This body is not evil. You've been redeemed, it's capable of doing evil, but God looks at you, body, spirit, and soul. He looks at you all together. The physical is not bad, and the spiritual good. It's all good. And God looks at you today and says, because you are in Christ. He says, that is good. I love that. At the moment, I'm looking over at Dave and Joanne. But God looks at Dave and God looks at Joanne and says, look at that Joanne. Isn't she gorgeous? I love her just the way I made her. I love the way she looks. I love the way she talks. I love the way she loves me. I love the way I made her. And then he says the same about Dave. He loves the way Dave is. He loves exactly how he made him. But then God looks at you. He looks at me. He says, I love you. I love the way you are. I love the way you smile. I love the way you get that twinkle in your eyes. I love the way you say that word that you say, that you always say slightly strange. I love that, says God, because he loves all your quirks, all your faults even. He loves that. Of course, he wants to call you to walk in the purity of who Jesus is and and that grow, but he loves you. He made you, and he makes good stuff, not bad stuff. (laughs) And then he redeemed you, and he's called you for a walk with God. So, to finish, you are the light of the world. Can't do anything about it. You You haven't got to achieve it one day. You are the light of the world. And may you know that most amazing gift for this Christmas. Amen? Praise God. Now, a couple of things to finish. This afternoon, this is why we're finishing this morning earlier. Um, This afternoon at 4 o'clock on Zoom, we're going to do a Christmas Christingle. Now, we've missed out on a lot of our Christmas stuff, haven't we, this year? Um, All the fun things that we do. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? 500 people in the summit at at one of our fun days. It's just hard to imagine that right now. It's hard to imagine crowds, isn't it? Um, But we've got a Christingo. Now, why are we doing it on Zoom? We're doing it on Zoom because we can all see one another. You know, the problem with YouTube, it's got lots of strengths and it's it's done a lot for us and we praise God for it. But this afternoon, we're going to do it completely different, by all gathering together on YouTube. And we're going to make the Christingles together. Now, don't worry if you haven't got the stuff. You can still take part. You can still just be there as Gemma and Stacy lead us through the making of the Christingle and talking about what it is. And then, um, depending on how many we are, we are, really, we'll break into what are called breakout rooms. Don't worry. You don't have to do anything. It'll all be um, organized, and you'll just get a message come up. Do you want to go to the room? And then we'll go into groups so we can actually talk to one another. Because one of the, I don't know about you, one of the things I've really missed is being able to talk to people. And Zoom, yeah, it's a poor substitute, but it is a substitute. And we have got it. So, and we'll light our Christingles, and Alex is going to lead us in Carol and, or carols. And we're going to sing together on Zoom. And um, then we're gonna, we'll have those breakout rooms for a little while. I don't know how long it'll last. It won't be massively long, but you are dearly, dearly invited wherever you are in the country. Um, It's gone out on our WhatsApp broadcast, so you've got that. John, um, he probably will be putting it in the YouTube chat right now. John, maybe you can put it in the actual video information. Just take it off after we've done this. And uh, it will also be on our Facebook page. You say, oh, I'm not on Facebook. Well, if you, search for King- if you search Facebook Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, you still can go and look at the page without being part of Facebook or anything. And then you'll be able to find, uh, it'll be like an internet address link that you just click on. And when you click on that link, it will boot up Zoom and it will take you through to that site. Uh, if you're using other means, it'll also have the password and the uh, meeting ID there for you as well. Okay, so it'd be lovely to see you this afternoon. And if you find chatting on Zoom, I can't cope with that bit, you don't have to stay for that bit. Great thing about it is you can just come and leave as you want to. Okay, but it'd be lovely to see your face this afternoon uh, there in that. So that's this afternoon at four. We're still uh, broadcasting at 10 o'clock on Christmas Day. And when we light the final candle in the Advent Crown, there'll be a YouTube Um Uh, broadcast as well on on Sunday the 27th, and then we go back to normal services after that. And what about the hub? Okay, well, the hub is now closed for Christmas, and the hub will actually be open to everyone again on the 13th of January. It's quite late because the week before we're going to do some decorating and some maintenance work here in the summit just to spruce it up a little bit. It's very quiet anyway at the, right, at the moment, so it's just a great time to be able to do that. And going forward, um, if we stay in Tier 2, we'll be open from 11 till 3, Wednesday to Saturday. Because on Tuesdays, we're going to be open for little builders only. Part of the safety and social conditioning and everything like that, we're organising little, two little builders groups um, on Tuesdays only. If you're interested in that, you have to book because the numbers are strictly limited. And to book, you need to go to Facebook or contact Gemma Abel, okay? If you don't know how to do either of those, just make contact gen- uh, generally, and we will help you to make that contact. And when I say Facebook, I mean the little builder's page on Facebook, okay? So that's coming up um, in the new year. Um, and that's just about it for this last Sunday. We've got one like, final thing just to come up for, for you. But um, I want to say thank you to everybody because be, you'll see me on Christmas Day, and you'll see me on the 27th, but we've recorded it. Um, so I want to wish everyone, just to, uh, Kate, from Kate and I, personally, we wish you a very, very happy Christmas, um, and an extremely blessed and prosperous new year from us. And from the leadership team, the church leadership team, and from the Corona leadership team, Also, they send you their blessings and their love. Thank you for staying plugged in all this year. Thank you for putting up with these unprecedented times like all the prophecies. Thank you for putting up as we've experimented with all kinds of ways to try and make this work. None of us have ever done this before. Thank you for sticking with it and sticking with us. It is really appreciated and we value you all so much. Thank you. Thank you.